0: If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And this is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for you. And this is our very first episode with Crooked Media. Um, shout out, Crooked. Thanks for having us. We're here. You know, I feel like Petey Pablo in the song freak leak Shout out to Seagram's sure. Gin because I'm drinking it and they're paying <laughs> me for it. Shout out to Crooked. <laughs>
2: We're making this podcast. And they're paying us for it. Yes, so uh, we're so happy to be here, and uh, we're here. Allison, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm um. I'm toying with doing something. Ooh, for once in your life. I'm like, I'm like uh, just doing a thing for the Ooh, first time. Honestly, thrilling to even think about. Go ahead. Um, I've done this like in the past, like, I, but I'm I'm considering hiring a service to come do a deep clean of my apartment. I'd oh, cool. like, I like to say,
1: like, put me one of those suicide tubes, like a firestorm <laughs> yeah. to come and put to over my face. I'm thinking cryogenic freezing. I don't know. <laughs> Have you like done this
2: before? Yeah, um, I love that idea. You should absolutely do that. Like I, because like I found this. Like my friend deep cleaned her apartment, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds amazing." But I, you know, with my back, it's like all the. Be- it's not the best activity for me to pursue, and also oh, yeah, like absolutely. I don't know what the right products <laughs> on the right surfaces are, and oh yeah, no, I, you just immediately like strip every everything. Like- Land it <laughs> off the floor, leave marks on everything. But um, I love that idea. But like, we're like, so I found this place. I'm gonna like try and make an appointment. Like, they'll wash your walls. Um, Ooh, okay. Which and like, the, like, I don't know if they'll like move my appliances, but like, they pretty much do every. Like, they were like, for extra money, like we'll reorganize all your cabinets and your fridge. And I'm like, yes,
1: do it. It's the kind of thing where if someone has a specialty, I would like to pay them to yes. use those skills. As someone who—my I, my only concern hire. if I hired someone to do something like that, they would come over and then immediately vomit seeing the <laughs> state of my
2: apartment, and then that's more work for them. Right, and then they have to clean up the vomit that came from them seeing your stuff. And and is it's that a fair? Whole, it's not fair. So that's kind of where I'm—that's where I'm at. I'm that's thinking fine. about— about hiring somebody to wash the walls of my home.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's,
2: it's real limited over there in beautiful New York City. I mean, now that, uh, it's like there's been so much construction next, they built a whole new uh, condo next door. So it's been like, just a lot of like crap is like in the air and thus getting yeah. in here. And I think there's just like extra dust. And then obviously, um, cat of the pod Riz, um, you know, he sheds a little, he tracks litter places like it would be nice to just kind of like get like a fresh start what a little freeloader what a little dirt bag i'm like can you pick up a freelance job or something (laughs) like when i track litter
1: around it's fine because i'm paying the rent rent. i'm allowed to do that i'm allowed to shed everywhere
2: and i am shedding everywhere i mean i also like i i'm like riz sheds but like 85 percent of the hair in this apartment is fine (laughs) (laughs) so yeah uh how are you your hair looks
1: great thank you um I'm trying I've said it before I'm trying to grow it out I don't know what the plan is I'm good but I had something like, happen last night that I was like boy these 2003 maybe 2003 oh no 2023 um, <laughs> I was like are you going back in time 20 years <laughs> I mean every day Only. um I went to a uh it's sort of a it's uh put on um by this uh organizing festive body in L.A. called uh, Damn Good Dyke Nights. And it's like a night of dancing... Um, that is just indie, like
2: 2006, 2012, 2012. Oh, hell yeah. Like, like Mr. So Brightside. Yeah, like yeah, so yeah. The fun. Killers, Franz Ferdinand. And,
1: yeah. you know, I think I'm just, I'm entering a new era, Allison, <laughs> because I did something I've never done before, which is literally take my shirt off <laughs> and whip it, whip my shirt around my head like a helicopter. <laughs> and, which I feel great about. That was really fun. And I also, through, awesome. I was not wearing a good bra. Like this was not, also, this is like obviously a queer space and other people had their shirts off. So it wasn't like, You know, it wasn't like I was at 2K Factory, like, getting nuts. Like, it was of the moment. It was of the vibe. But then I look over, and there's someone taking photographs for the, like, to put it, like, look at this cool thing we do every month. And I was like, please do not put my medical bra. Like, I have, like, if if anyone listening has huge boobs, you know what I'm talking about, where, like, some of your bras look like they were issued by the state. Like, they look like they were, like, they're, like you know, surgical or something. And so I'm wearing that. I have my unshaved armpits. I, and this is like a new thing for, uh, if you're a new listener here, if you're an old listener, truly an insane skin tag in my armpit that I like constantly forget. And then I'm like, if that is captured on film and put on Instagram. um, Oh no, I can't hear you. I can't, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Shit. Um, well, dang okay. So, the movie we are doing this week, everyone, it this is a, an off requested one. It is, of course, John Carpenter's They Live. Um, yes. and have you heard of this film or do you have any familiarity with the film, Allison?
2: I can't tell if I've heard of it before, like the podcast, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think, like. I've heard like we've definitely talked about it, but um I don't know if before this I Absolutely. really n- had heard about it.
1: And it seems important to note that this is we're we're doing um a month of political um horror movies. As we've talked about, uh I think every horror movie is political because it relates In to some way. Hum- <laughs> Unfortunately, I hate to say this, the personal is the political is the political. I don't want oh it to be, but here we are, oh boy.
2: Yeah. Um well.
1: But this is a a classic 1988. Uh, It is a horror film in the sci-fi action genre. It's incredibly fun. Written and directed by John Carpenter. It's based on the 1963 short story, 8 O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. And it stars Roddy Piper, who is a wrestler. And uh, John Carpenter was inspired to cast him after seeing him at WrestleMania. (laughs) And our other uh, lead is Keith David, who you will remember from The Thing. And oh. is in a million movies. He's an incredible Sorry. incredible character actor. Um, I mean, he's in truly everything. Um, of course, I'm like, look, I'm like, Armageddon. There's something about Mary. Do you, I, like, <laughs> the 90s movies were so all over the place. They I guess there all, was.
2: And also, like, actors, like, yes, resumes were all over the place. Like, like, people, I feel like in the 90s, like, you could be in an action mm-hmm. movie and then, like, a big studio comedy and then the, like, a super serious, like, indie drama and then, like, a goofy sex horror. And, like, the same, and everybody would be like, oh, of course, you're in all those things. Whereas now I feel like people really are siloed into, like, these different genres that they, like, really, like, I'm not going to see Florence Pugh in, like, a Marvel movie, um, mostly because I won't watch Marvel movies. Florence
1: Pew was in a Marvel movie, so I'm going to go oh, ahead really? and tell you. No, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah,
2: she was well, in- Well, I don't, because um, I've never seen a Marvel
1: movie. <laughs> she is. I want to say she's in Black Widow. Is that one of the movies? Sorry, this is, oh, God, hang on. Not our genre. Um. Yeah, and it's like, I don't dislike them. I simply will never pursue
2: yeah. seeing any it's, Marvel film. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, I have no like moral or artistic uh, issue with them. It's just kind of like not for me, and then oh. it feels it kind of feels like like there's too much to take on mm-hmm. because they are all kind of connected. Absolutely, I I definitely feel, and I sort of I feel like this is the problem with these huge franchises, like as they balloon.
1: I yes. kind of feel it. Like I love Star Wars. You know, like I grew up with Star Wars. Um, I you know. But now I feel like there are so many Star Wars TV shows. I simply I'm gonna I'm tapped out. I'm, I'm tapping back out. Similar to Marvel, it's too much. Too, too many movies. But that's fine because if if you like them, then that if you that like makes it, totally there's sense. so much for you. But. Um, yeah, for us though, yeah, I do, I do like how you picked the one actress that I absolutely know. She was in Black <laughs> Widow and I guess she's in some upcoming movie named, Th- uh, Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Sure. We will never speak of this movie again. We have no, um, no connection to that whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, Keith David, phenomenal fucking actor. I absolutely love this movie. This is exactly what I wanted to see. And um, if you haven't listened to the pod before, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer for the film to get a little bit of the tone, a little bit of the flavor. Um, What did you think of the trailer for They Live, Allison?
2: I mean, it really does have, like, everything you want. Like, the tone is so, like, the line, like, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum, like... Fuck, that's so good. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's so good. Just, like, to say bubblegum as, like, the cho- like the yes. writing choice. But then, like, the trailer is a lot of... Co- it's, like, it's very conspiratorial. It's, like, they are this. They, like, and it's, like, that's a very fun setup. Because I'm just, like, well, who are they? <laughs> exactly.
1: It begs the question, who are they? Who are they? Well, they live. Um, so we know that. Yes, they do. Uh, and we always, like, take a baseline scary of... Uh, the the topic of scariness where Allison is coming to the movie um with how scary do you find the concept of, of hidden alien overlords puppeting all of humanity
2: oh uh extremely but mm-hmm. then also not because there are like um people who yes. think that that's reality and it's you look and you're like well no um but yeah. the idea of it is, like, a scary idea.
1: Yeah, I think, um, unfortunately, you know, we've talked about this in time before. We, as humans, tend to a um, – a fa- we have to sort of create a fable around something that is actually pretty mm-hmm. simple. For example, mm-hmm. I think of, like, the Illuminati – It's like, oh, they're they're conspiring. No, no, it's just rich people. It's billionaires. They're they're not. Yeah, they're literally posting photos of themselves on their yachts right now. That's not. not, They're not dress like dressing it up. We don't have to go the extra step or QAnon. You know, it's like, yeah, you don't have political power, and it does feel horrible. Does that mean that you know there's hidden Everyone. messages and aliens Trump's, and yeah. lizard people and and pedophile Like not really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are pedophile rings. And for I mean, like, right. that's like, and then I feel like unfortunately it's because we can't focus on reality. We can't fix the things that are real. Yes. We just have to create these obsessive fairy tales about it. But that being said, this is a horror movie and it is an allegory. And what I love about They Live is it's taking like sort of it's just literalizing everything in a really yes. fun sci fi way where it's like. This is not, this is going to be easy for you to get, baby, and it's going to be very fun. Oh, I love it. Um, and would you like to guess the twist in They Live?
0: Guess the twist.
2: Ooh, I'm going to guess that somebody that we thought was human the whole time is actually an alien. Okay, great. I, I, I don't know who that's, much like, I mean, again, the trailer is like fabulous and fun, but I wouldn't say I have like a good sense of what's happening enough to guess like who's who and and what the real right surprise could be. But I do think like a, a reveal um, yes. is in the mix. Is there like a like? Would you say that there's a real twist in this yes, one? Yes, there is. Okay,
1: I would say it's not like a it's not a, a complete reveal, but there is definitely a, a moment where you're supposed to gasp toward the end.
2: Okay, I love that.
1: We love to gasp. Um, we love to gasp, everybody. Um, so we're going to get you gasping. I don't know about that, but I, I don't know why I said it like that. We're, let us begin. Uh, we're going to ruin John Carpenter's They Live. So we open in, of course, a train yard. Obviously. And we see um, our, our um, there's a lot of drifters. And a lot of people credit credited mm. as drifters. I, mm-hmm. I feel like we don't use that term very often. This is a very uh, drifter-based horror film. Um Sure. So of course we meet our our main drifter. He's discredited as Nada. So I think he's supposed to be like you know he is he doesn't exist. He's he has you nothing. know he's he, he has, has nothing. No one. Yeah, he does have a, a pack though, and he's arrived in a train yard, and he has to cross through it. And I I went, my first question is how long do you think you could survive in a train yard, Allison? Like if you had to cross a train yard, how thirteen how, minutes? I, well, that's pretty good.
2: <laughs> pretty good. That's, that's if I'm standing still for twelve of them.
1: Um, I also said I feel like Nada would absolutely sweep you off your feet. Not because you Roddy Piper is your type, because I'm like, okay, he's blonde, he doesn't have a place to live. Okay, I'm listening.
3: Um, he's <laughs>
2: drifting. Uh but uh, is this taking place in like um, I know it's from the late 80s, but like, is it like current time or is it the future?
1: It is uh it is current time. Okay. Um, yeah, so he is he has arrived in Los Angeles um, from parts unknown. At, uh, sure. at one point, he references Cleveland. So he has come to us, in, to L.A. as it exists in 1988, which unfortunately is pretty similar to how it exists now, as we'll sort of get into it. Mm. Um, he goes to the unemployment office and, you know, files, and he said, I was just in Colorado. We lost 14 banks in one week. Of course. Oh, so
2: this is in two thousand eight,
1: right? Exactly. Or this, I
2: was like, oh, or Silicon
1: Valley Bank, right? Where every time this happens, I once again have to ask, oh, wait, what? What is the banking system? Why? Why do we? I, I don't like. What, how would you mean? How would it how happen? How do you lose a bank? So I guess based on that, I guess it could be the near future, but the lived reality of everyone. Is
2: Is its current time to the movie being made.
1: Yeah, it's not like it's set in the future. Unfortunately, the unemployment uh, office person tells him there's nothing available right now. Um, And so he walks over into the city and there's sort of a collection of men watching a street preacher. And the street preacher is sort of like hitting on the themes that a lot of street preachers hit on.
3: They have taken the hearts and minds of our leaders. They have recruited the rich and the powerful. And they have blinded us to the truth.
1: They're perched on top of us outside the limits of our sight. They are the owners of us. They have us. They control us. Then they cut, we cut to Mount Rushmore, and there's a lot of really phenomenal cuts where it's like, mm. in case you didn't get it, we're going to literalize it at every oh, point. Okay,
2: so it's just like hitting you over the head with the like line being drawn. Absolutely. I love um, that. Uh, I'm stupid. I need that. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely, and that's what's so what I really enjoy about this movie is like it, it, you're not gonna it, it, this movie will not end. You'll think, huh? What? Hap- I don't know if I know what exactly happened. You're gonna get it. I like that. Um, so that night he sleeps in an alley and he watches TV through the window of a nearby apartment, and there's an actress saying, "Sometimes when I watch TV, I I stop being myself, and I, and I'm the star of a series, or I have my own talk show. All I ever do is be famous, and I never grow old, and I never die. Which of course I'm like, well, that's TikTok, baby." That's,
2: Yeah, like Los Angeles
1: (laughs) democracy falls around us, and we're doing TikTok dances, baby. And I'm doing that too. No judgment. judgment. Um, Meanwhile, a helicopter circles the city. Um, And the next day, uh, Nada goes to a construction site. He has his own tools, and the foreman says it's a union job. Um, And there's a like sort of like a pointed shot of guys in tank tops laughing. That seemed almost like a anti union comment, but I wasn't trying Mm. to take it. Fortunately, sure. not is able to speak to the shop steward, he's able to fill in digging, of course. Um, of course, and he is watching Frank, Keith, David dig, and they're sort of having a, a moment of friendship. Uh, Just at the, digging a hole? Well, for a construction site, I, okay, I imagine yeah. it will be filled with um, concrete or, or uh, beams of some Something. sort. We, you know, we don't give a lot about what they're building else. And I'll be honest, it doesn't honest. really in matter. Case you, in case you were wondering, um, but at the end of the day, the foreman yells at Nod and says, "Do not sleep on the construction site." And Frank sees the exchange, so he comes over and says, hey, there's basically, like, a um, a permanent encampment called Justiceville, and it's right next to a church that provides, like, hot food and showers. So sure. if you need a place to stay, I'm going that way if you want me to show you. And because being a man is so difficult, and we, you can't just be friends with a man, he's like, <laughs> right. Not, not only that,
2: but then trails him all the way there. And Like, they can't admit that they just want to go for a walk together and get something to eat, like,
1: Right, and like it's like, oh, I also live here. So w- if you would, you like to know someone who lives here, <laughs> we could be friends, you know. But yeah. you know, again, they're feeling each other out, and Frank says, I, I don't like nobody follow me unless I know why. And now I says, and I don't join up with anybody until I see where he's going. And that's all you need to be friends, you know. what I mean, when you're two yeah. guys just being dudes, they get to Justiceville, which again is like uh, tents and sort of like temporary uh, sheds Camp in a vacant yeah. lot. Yeah. But there are families, there are children there, you know, there, it's a pretty big substantial area, which is L.A., you know, we have a a huge unhoused population that the city is really committed to not, like, helping in any uh, substantive way, um, seemingly, but, you know, he arrives there and Frank t- uh, takes Nada around and introduces him to Gilbert, who uh, helps run the soup kitchen, and he says, anything you need, he knows where to find it. And Gilbert said, okay, so you have tools. Awesome. You could help us uh, fix the showers because we have showers built, but they're starting to cave in. So, again, this is – they're working together as a community. Like, we're immediately, like, we're helping each other. We're having meals together. And Frank tells Nada, like, I have a wife and kids in Detroit. I could not get work. There's no work in Detroit. I haven't seen them for six months. At least here I can work construction. And I just – I live here because I send back all the money, you know, Mm-hmm. And he's saying like the steel mills have gone over, you know. And Frank says, and again, Silicon Bank, he says, with Silicon Valley Bank, he says we give the steel mills a break when they need it. You know what they give themselves raises, mm-hmm. exactly. So this yeah. is yeah, this is about very, labor.
2: Yeah, very very easy to draw the line in how our financial industry functions, and and actually any corporation for that matter in America. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, you know, Frank says, they you know, they closed one more factory. We should take a sledgehammer to one of their fancy foreign cars. And Nada's the one that kind of pushes back and said, you know, uh, you should have more patience with life. And, you know, Frank kind of laughs at that and asks him, like, well, how are you going to make it through life? And we look out over downtown L.A. and Nada says, I believe in America. I follow the rules. Well, Al said he's going to be breaking a couple of those rules there once he finds I out what's underneath. Bet. What's underneath yep. America. Um. Everyone gathers around. There's one TV in the encampment, and the feed keeps cutting in. Like, somebody keeps hacking into the uh, local news feed. And we cut from a commercial for press-on nails who used to eat food. Like, we see nails digging into cheese. And something about that, I
2: do want to do that. Like, it looks so viscerally— I'm having the opposite. I I hate when there's anything— When my nails are on the longs, and, like, I never have. Like, do you ever do real long nails? No, I, I I would just scratch myself like a baby yeah. when you don't cut their yeah. nails. Rip them off. Um, yeah, what about you? But mine were recently like just on the long side of like a natural nail for me, which is like still like barely crossing over the like fingertip. Right. And it was just like any time I like touched, like touched something kind of soft, I got I was like, oh, this is such an irritating feeling. Oh, that's so
1: interesting. I absolutely want to plunge. my. I want really long nails and I want to jab them each into a cube of cheese having
2: seen this. I want the SNL parody commercial for corn chip nail tips because they're Fritos. Oh, hell yeah. It's like, corn chip nail tips. Um, I
1: absolutely want those and would eat those. I love Fritos. So the hacker hacks into the uh, local news feed and says, our impulses are being redirected. We're living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. And one of the guys watching, again, who is credited as Drifter, says, oh my God, this hacker is the second time tonight. We just want to watch TV already. And the man on TV says, this started eight months ago. Scientists discovered. And the feed, of course, cuts out. We don't find out what the scientists discovered. Oh, boy. But the, luckily, the uh, hacker cuts back in and says, racial justice and human rights are non-existent. We have established a repressive society, and we are their unwont- unwitting accomplices. And I want everyone to think about that as we have mm-hmm. been trying to think about that. Absolutely. It's just a good reminder, you know. Yep. Uh. Meanwhile, Nada looks up and sees the street preacher is sermonizing and he's mouthing along to the hacker. So that to him is like, okay, so this seems like maybe the hacker is connected to the people here. Like maybe they are working with him or part of him, you know. Um, And unfortunately, the hacker says their attention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness. We've been lulled into a trance. Okay. The hacker cuts out and regularly scheduled programming cuts in. Um, Nada okay. looks over and sees the street preacher arguing with Gilbert and then they both duck into the church.
2: Okay. In the morning. Suspicious.
1: Yes. Uh in the morning, uh, Nada and the rest of Justiceville. You know, they head off to find work for the day. And he sees Gilbert and says, Looks like choir practice, but pretty late, huh? But Gilbert brushes it off, obviously. It's like you can't just admit right. that you're working with the hacker. Obviously. Um, the hacker again gains control of the airwaves and warns, we are their cattle, we are being bred for slavery. He says the signal must be cut off at the source. And whenever he cuts in, everyone has extremely painful headaches, which is why they hate the hacker. They're okay. like, like yeah, every time yeah. he
2: breaks his breaks in the feed, everyone feels physically ill. You know. It's um, kind of like when commercials are super, super loud when you're watching something yes. that you have to have the volume all the way up because it's not sound mixed well.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I definitely think that's part of it. And the other part of it is, of course, of there course, is a signal that we will find out lots. about. Um, he sees Gilbert run into the church and so finally he follows him and he hears a choir practice but then when he gets there he realizes it's just they're just playing the sounds of a choir. They're just covering it up. Meanwhile there is so there's a there's no choir. There's no choir. But there is however a makeshift lab and on the oh. wall is the fucking the graffiti that this should be the
2: t-shirt is They Live We Sleep. It's like that's fucking hardcore. I love it. That is hardcore. Also like science at a church Science a message. can you even imagine?
1: Can you even fathom it, Allison? <laughs> um, but so he looks up to find cables going on the wall, and we find um, Gilbert and Frank, and they're meeting with a uh, an interracial coalition of poor people that they are. They are the ones inter like hacking the TV stations, and okay. it is sort of like we do have to be doing that, don't we? You know, I mean? we we do have to be doing like working together to yes, you know, whether it's a political stunt, maybe it's a you know, what I mean? like we got to be mixing it up in uh, a little bit. Yes, one hundred percent. But they're kind of arguing, like, should we start robbing the banks? Like, sh- you know, what what should we be doing? What's the next step? And they're saying, should we take the shipment to the streets and just start handing it out? And of course, because this is a, a-, a movie, Nato is listening and then trips backwards over some equipment. Of course, if you're tripping, if you're spying in a movie, you will trip over you a flower pot.
2: Look behind no question. you.
1: And he he falls against the wall and he knocks like there's a hidden door in the wall. Obviously. And, and revealing boxes and boxes of things. And he tries to put the door back and turns of the around. Shipment? And, the shipment? The shipment. The mysterious shipment, Allison. Mysterious shipment. And he slides the door back and turns around, and he's basically in the arms of the street preacher who grabs him and says, look, you're a working man. It's the revolution. Let me show you. But not as too freaked out by the whole thing. He's like, I, 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 again, I believe in America. I don't want to have any part of this. Mm. He runs out the door, and the preacher says, "The world may have blinded me," because that's why I realized that the preacher is blind. I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. But the Lord has let me see, and not a runs and runs as the helicopter circles the neighborhood. Gilbert runs out of the church and looks up with a pair of sunglasses on. Allison, very special sunglasses. What do they look like? Like Ray-Bans, like black Ray-Bans. Like they okay. look good. Everyone who yeah. has a mod, like oh, yeah, they're yeah. a great look. Yeah. Um, And there are all these like whispers all over the encampment. Like I haven't heard some weird stuff about like, uh, there's an epidemic of violence. Someone, there's some cult up in St. Anselmo. Like there's some world, end of the world cult. Like things are, things are bad. And, yeah, uh, but obviously. also like in a way that it feels recognizable. Um, Frank, watches nada as and so sort of they're all everyone's like sort of aware of what's happening as his helicopter circles you know and okay. nada takes a pair of binoculars and starts monitoring the church and the helicopter i think is supposed to indicate that the whoever whoever they are has been tipped off to the
2: goings-on of the church so now they're surveying surveilling yes
1: yeah, so he's surveilling the church yes. and the church is being surveilled yeah. so everyone's surveilling right. each Every- other so much surveilling And finally, there's too much to So Gilbert and the other um, members of the revolution grab the boxes out of that secret door and start running them to cars. And they're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And Nada was interested. And Frank says, leave it alone. Like, we were both working people. They're planning some big thing. I I, I have a job. Like, I plan on keeping it. I, I I think you should do the same. And he says, I'm walking a white line. And Nada says... The white lines in the middle of the road—that's the worst to, place to drive. Wow. Okay, that's fair. Wow. That's absolutely fair. Um, Gilbert gets the street preacher, throws him in a car, and these other cars peel away right as the cops descend on the church and the encampment. Like they,
2: by the skin of their teeth, they're able uh, to get. So they them. did make it out well, of there with. Well, for this moment, yes. Unfortunately, with the shipment. They have. They
1: have not some. the full shipment. They have some. So. And uh, the cops sleep out. They're surrounding the church. One of the camp members is credited as family man and his daughter's family man's daughter. Um, Everyone is terrified. So not only are the cops swarming the church, they literally bring a bulldozer and just bulldoze the encampment. Which is also something, I mean, not not exactly in that way, but that is, I mean, like, people's encampments are constantly being broken up. Their stuff is thrown away. It's horrible, obviously, um, and so it is this extremely long, distressing scene of a bulldozer just crushing everyone's belongings, like Ugh. like tearing and ho- everyone's and the tents homes are that
2: they've been living in. And- yeah.
1: Like, and you know, people are trying to, to bum rush the cops, not bum rush, people are trying to rush the cops, and the right. cops are just knocking into the ground like like nothing, you know. Meanwhile, Nada again, he's just surveilling, he's a watcher until he sees Frank and and then he's like, "I, I, my friendship with Frank is drawing me into this." Frank runs. The cops just start firing into the air. Everyone is screaming. Their kids, there. are they're terrified. Like it's like Jesus. it's genuinely a scary moment. And everyone's That's forced to terrifying. run up the embankment, like they're uh, on the side of a hill, run up the embankment to try to escape the cops. Um, the cops have managed to stop the cars that were leaving the church, and they are pulling the revolutionaries out. And the cops end up beating the hell out of the street preacher who is swinging his cane and still going down fighting, screaming, though I walk through the valley of death, I fear no evil, as they pummel him. Like- a blind preacher yes you're just gonna attack the
2: shit out of it? an
1: elderly man and so nada grabs someone else in the camp member and uh, as the cops roll up and they find refuge in a nearby abandoned building as we hear cops like dragging members of this community to their paddy wagons basically and in the building they find the family man and his daughter and also a man who's getting high it's like whoa did someone start world war three out there
2: it would be terrifying to not know that's going on and be high and then all of a sudden see kind of, like, the melee and be like, oh, no.
1: We just, it's just like, you just have to accept that it's like, okay, I, I can't. I can't. Whatever I get, this is. Okay. Yeah. In the morning, the whole place is rubble. It's been totally wiped out, except the TV is there, which then shows us, like, a glamorous, like, runway show. Again, this is the reality. We are seeing this fantasy. We are being sedated. We are asleep. Um, the church has also been, was set on fire. So the windows are like broken out, burned out and smoking.
2: Nada walks was in. Was the rest he, of their shipment
1: still in the church? Well, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. The, our understanding is, is that as of, at least as of, as of right now, it has been destroyed. Okay. Fortunately, Nada walks in and finds there's one box left. So there is one box of the shipment and he sneaks out with it because the cops are still in the area and he right. takes it to a nearby alley. And he opens it. Allison. What is inside? It is sunglasses. It's a big old box of sunglasses. Nice. After all that, would you put the sunglasses on if this happened to you?
2: I mean, I think I would be so overcome with curiosity that, like, even, like, you know it's not going to go well. You know they're not going to be like, ooh, a new color I've never seen. Or, like, I just look good. Like, you know something bad is going to happen. But, like, it would be impossible for me not to put. Would you put a pair
1: on? Oh, I, I absolutely. I'd be like, oh, oh, first of all, these look cool as hell. Yeah, Second they're of all, yeah, classics. So of course, he he hides the box in a garbage can. Huge mistake, n- n- yeah. mistake, <laughs> even a mistake. Do not fucking hide precious cargo in the garbage. I'm begging everyone, don't do it. Um, he takes one pair and he walks around downtown Los Angeles and he puts the glasses on. And he looks up, and this is a very iconic image, so I'm sure you have seen this before. He looks at the billboard for a computer company, and instead of the actual billboard, he sees, it's a gray and white uh, flat image, and it just says, Obey. Obey. On another billboard, we see a gorgeous woman reclining on a beach. It's it's for taking a vacation in the Caribbean. It says, Marry and
2: Reproduce. Oh,
1: boy, that would hit Ooh. me hard. I was like, that okay.
2: hard to hear. <laughs>
1: And he he pulls off the sunglasses, but of course, Allison, he knows the truth.
3: Right. And And once
2: you know.
1: Yeah. And there's, like, these incredible shots of Roddy uh, Piper, like, pulling the glasses off and looking shocked over and over again and putting it back on that I fucking love. Like, yeah, dude,
2: it's still happening. It wasn't just the one thing you uh, looked at. I'm so sorry. The 80s and 90s were, like, filmmaking was heavy on um, sunglass acting. Yes, absolutely. you know, you have uh, this, but then you also— like, do a little, I I guess this is audio, but kind of like, you know, when a when a babe walks by and guys would kind oh, of like- Oh, hell yeah. Kind of tilt their glasses down to get a better look at her butt when she's rollerblading by. Like, and it was just such a, such, a, such a
1: wardrobe prop. <laughs> it also implies that there's something about sunglasses that you wouldn't be able to see a butt. Like, you have to be able to get the butt in the correct color to really yes, appreciate it. Yeah. Also, if you're younger than us- Stop, but also look <laughs> up on um, Saturday Live. There's an ad for Schlitz Gay. Which oh, yeah. say, Schli-
2: this is, That's the perfect um, encapsulation of what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, just sort of like the idea of like, whoa. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, I feel like that like perhaps was homophobic at the time. And now as a queer person, I, I fully embrace it. That is a lot of ads at this point is Schlitz Gay. Yeah. Um so again he's wandering around downtown every and everything else and so he's he there's like a menswear sign that says no independent thought. He looks over and it's just like stay asleep, you know, consume, submit and then above it all conform, right? And that's why I love it's like mm. it's just making it so literal is really
2: yeah. satisfying. Well like I sometimes need a hand holding through that kind of oh, stuff. Absolutely. Just to it, be like Okay, it's very, like, because then moving forward as things are more complicated, you're like, but I know what the line is that we're kind of towing here.
1: Exactly. And the, John Carpenter has said, like, this is about Reaganomics, and again, we are not uh, economic um, geniuses, but, you know, they're, the way things are have are the way they are because they've been this way for a long time. Like, it's like, mm. though it's not like those policies didn't affect our current um, state of being in America mm. So a lot of these things feel really relevant because they are relevant, you know? Like, yeah. it's hard. It, it's easy to forget, at least for me, the impact of um, sort of individual people on history. And unfortunately, Reagan's impact is still on ours, if that makes sense. Yeah, yep. Um, so we see, you know, as walking down the street. Every magazine, every cigarette box, every newspaper, do not question authority, watch TV. And then Allison... He finally looks at a person's face, someone who's standing at the newspaper stand, and the person turns to him, and it reveals that he is an alien. He has a gray-blue skull for Mm. a face Mm -hmm. with glimmering gunmetal eyes and no nose and lips. And he says, what's your problem? Allison, what (laughs) what the fuck would you do? What the fuck would you do? What would
2: you do? I think I'm getting the hell out of L.A. Yeah. Like, I think I would I would take, like, a couple pairs of the glasses, or, like, you know, I would go back and see if my stash in the garbage hasn't been destroyed. Um, but, like, take a couple pairs, because I'm going to want, like, whoever's with me to have the same access to, like, what reality is that I do, and just, like, le- like start heading east or north or south. Just, I guess, not west, because you'll hit the ocean. But, like— okay.
1: So you're choosing to be a coward. Why wouldn't you do what I do, Allison, which is stand up to the alien and be immediately killed? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Why didn't you think of that? That is what I would do. I think I'd be, like,
2: frozen in, like, (laughs) I think I would say nothing and then, like, like, that would be it.
1: Yeah, I would just piss my pants. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. At
2: all times, I'm just like, I could pee. Um, (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I'd get out of there, though, because, like, in my mind, it would be, like, this is just here. Like, I think yeah. my mind would have to make me think this is only happening here. And if I leave here, this won't be the reality I live in anymore. Even though that's, like, objectively not provable in this
1: moment. <laughs> but also, like, to live, living in L.A., like, I, I absolutely could, I see someone be like, eh, it seems like an L.A. thing. Eh, it seems <laughs> yeah. like an L.A. thing. I, when I go back to Cleveland, it'll be fine.
0: Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a joke fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix.
3: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.
1: Unfortunately, uh, Nada is extremely bad at hiding his reaction So the alien sees him react to him and is like, oh, can you see... Like, he didn't say that, but there's this moment of like, oh, shit, can this guy see me? So the alien
2: does seem to know that he can recognize that it's an alien and not just, like, a seemingly regular guy on the street.
1: Yes. Um, And so... The alien pays for its magazine, which also it's like, is the alien just reading a magazine that just says obey and consume? I guess maybe that's (laughs) when they they get off on it or something. Yeah, I guess. And there's another excellent moment where the cashier is still holding the cash that the alien gave him and turns to Nada and says, are you going to pay for something? And on the money, it's just blank paper. And it says, this is your God. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) I love that. Fuck, it's so good. Um, And again, I think this is actually to, like, what is really hitting me about this movie is that because of the internet, everything gets flattened. So I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. you see people, like, not understanding certain elements of film or TV that are, like, oh, intentionally...
2: Like a little more obscure, and this is like,
1: do you fucking get it, you fucking idiots? I
2: love money it. Money is your god. Capitalism is your religion. That's what we're talking. Like, it's just yeah. so. I love it. I love it. I want everything to be this clear. And again, please listen to our podcast so we will be paid money
1: because it is our god. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish money it was Money is our
2: god. Ruined is our
1: heaven. <laughs> yep. Um, and heaven is under the ocean. And Allison will yeah. date uh, Jesus when she dies. Yes. Um, Those things all make sense. A nice Jewish man. <laughs> Unfortunately, not a, of course, like he's, what he realizes is not everyone is an alien. So there are, with his glasses on, he could see who is human and who is alien. And they're was all the sprinkled. cashier The cashier was a regular human man. Okay. And so, um, he hmm. staggers into a grocery store. And again, it's like a lot of this is like just him being in different situations. Be like, oh no, the aliens are also here. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, there's this excellent um, shot. He stumbles into the grocery store, and we see a politician alien in front of a huge sign that says Obey, which I get. I feel like is such an iconic image at this point. Yes. And the alien said, the feeling is definitely there. It's a new morning in America. Fresh, vital. We're optimistic. We don't need pessimism. And what's hard is, like, that is absolutely, I do think we need optimism, but we don't need yeah. pessimism. And we, just need, we just don't, uh, we need to address the things uh, that would make people pessimistic, you know? Yes. Um, And Nada starts laughing. He goes, it figures it'd be something like this. And a a rich, snooty woman bumps him. And when he he turns, she is an alien. And he just starts fucking roasting her. He says, you look like your head fell in the cheese dip back in 1957. Look, he's not a comedian, Allison. He's thinking it out. That's
2: pretty good. That's better than a lot of the crowd work videos I'm seeing these days.
1: (laughs) Right, actually, this man (laughs) just found out there's aliens amongst us.
2: And he manages to make a cheese dip reference to the skull headed lady. (laughs) I am on board for his brand of humor.
1: Allison, you're not going to believe this. He starts shouting. And when everyone turns to him, you know, you better believe he trips backwards over a potted plant again. This motherfucker's tripping everywhere. Keep an eye on the ground. Allison, when he looks up, the rich alien woman is talking into her wristwatch and says, I've got one that can see. And he looks around. All the aliens are talking to their wristwatch because they realize they, if he could see them, then we could sort of drop
2: the... Yeah, the, it's the like, imagining. okay, so you know what? We're not exactly like your neighbors.
1: <laughs> and Nada screams, I don't... We didn't scream. Nada says, I don't like this one bit. Hell Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Agreed. Um, Agreed.
1: But unfortunately, yeah, like, he has made himself known to the aliens, which is just about the worst thing you could possibly do. Um, and then, but then he keeps doing it. Like, uh, there's an alien woman on the street who's fixing her hair in a mirror, and he's like, he's like putting perfume on a pig. He's immediately assaulted by a cop, who, <laughs> along with his uh, partner, throws him into an alley. Of course, the cop and th- the, his partner are aliens. Okay. And he says, where the And the f- whole time, I'm he sorry. still has the glasses on. Yes. Exactly. He has the glasses on, so he's able to see who's an alien. And the cop says, where the fuck did you get those sunglasses? And Donna says, from the tooth fairy. (laughs) Allison, the cop reaches down for his gun and says, let's go someplace quiet to talk this over. Obviously, they're just going to shoot him and take the sunglasses. Obviously. Luckily, you didn't hire Rowdy Roddy Piper because you were going to have some ass kicking in this fucking movie. So he's like, I could do that or, and then he just fucking punches both hops out <laughs> and he grabs one of their guns. And when they both try to get up, he just shoots both of them. Wow. He grabs out of their cruiser, which they is like blocking the alley. He grabs a shotgun and a fucking bandolier bullets.
2: Wow. And, and he heads also to a like bank. Wild that that would just be in there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, again, I get. Well, listen. I I can't speak. I just I yeah, can, like if you're a yeah. cop, don't leave your shotgun loaded on a on
2: a seat. But thank God they did in this yeah. case. I mean, yes, for all of us.
1: Now this is a where it's hard where it does seem like justice is achieved through what I would describe as a wild public shooting. So that is mm. problematic, obviously. Yes. But this is a, a sci-fi action movie, so we're we're enjoying yeah. it with That's that in okay. mind. And uh, uh, Roddy Piper walks into the bank and says, of course, the iconic line, which is also in the trailer. I have come here to chew bubblegum and
0: kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: Oh, shit. Iconic. And, of course, it's all filled with aliens uh, in the bank, obviously. And the security guard fires at him and then Nada's just emptying the shotgun into the bank as everyone runs around screaming.
2: It's so funny to imagine that the aliens still have to run errands. Right. They like, still have to do go about their day. They're yes. still like cashing checks and like I doing agree. like going to the grocery store. Like, if I'm an alien and I'm not human, I don't want to participate in all of the minutiae of this world. Well, it's interesting because
1: we kind of talk about like what analogy they use to understand mm-hmm. the aliens. And I think that's a good point, but it also I think this movie implies that the the aliens are very human like. Yes. They are like us, so they would They're do part th- of society our in that way. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, he sees an alien reporting in on his wristwatch, uh, and Nada says, "Mama, don't like tattletales," so just fucking blast him, <laughs> Allison. Before the bullet hits him, the alien turns his wristwatch, and then instantly. Disappears, teleports out of there. So not only do they have the wristwatch and they're hidden, they could also teleport. Ugh, my dream. Nada runs out of the side entrance of the
2: bank and he's just spotted by you guessed it, a drone. Why did we invent drones, Allison? I don't. It's like we knew they were a bad idea. Like they were first around like as like a concept in scary things, and then we we're like, we should have those in real life. And it's like I can't
1: outrun a human. I don't, no. I don't know why I can't. Certainly can't outrun a drone. No. Fortunately, Nada still has again his bandolier. So he shoots the drone out of the sky and a cop accosts him, but the cop is human. So Nada refuses to shoot him and okay. he says, Put your fucking gun down and beat your feet. And he does. Finally, we get a woman in this goddamn movie. We it's meet about fucking time. <laughs> we meet Holly, who's a well dressed, a beautiful woman who's walking through the parking garage next to the bank and Nada carjacks her and forces her into the car. Mm-hmm. and she's driving. She's, of course, terrified because she doesn't know what's going on and doesn't know about the aliens. So as far as no. you know, a, a man wielding a fucking shotgun is telling her to drive, but not too fast. Yes. And just then, she sees all these cops coming to the bank. She realizes, oh, he just, he, maybe he tried to rob the bank. This yes. guy is a a fugitive, right? He says to her, take me to your place. And Holly's, of course, like, uh, well, I'm assuming that means I'm going to be raped, so I, yep. I'm not going to do, th- I'd rather not do that. Yeah. He insists. And when they arrive, we see Holly's couple neighbors. This is insane. I Who I look like the gay couple in Schlitz gay. I didn't even remember that I wrote oh, this. <laughs> they're like, Holly! And like, but then they don't really, she's really like, I oh, wave back and then we don't see them again, which I think is so funny doing. Clips. It's like, oh my God, like Holly, she must have something going on with that guy because she's
2: usually right. like, very like, they're very like, and way. we've got plans. So like, let's just kind of right. keep going. Well, we got
1: the pool party. We got to like, We got the pool party. Seven layer dip, bitch. Um, <laughs> And once they get inside, Nada kind of collapses, and he takes off the sunglasses. He's like wearing those sunglasses feels like a high, but the come down
2: is so hard. And Holly says, "Okay, <laughs> again, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about." When so, he wears the sunglasses, is the only thing that's different that the aliens are revealed as aliens. Like, is anything else different about what he sees? Is black and white. We it's see white. who
1: is alien, and then any and then all the mess. Yeah, so everything is in black and white. We can see who is an alien, who is human. We can see the messaging behind all advertising, which is, of course, consume, submit, um, et cetera. And then he could see the yes. drone. So the drone was not visible to humans outside of the glasses where Other than that, like,
2: oh, okay. like people
1: are driving cars. Like, again, everything else is normal, which is
2: funny. So the, things, the things that are real in reality are still visible. It's yes. just then also the layer of this alien. Exactly.
1: Okay. Yeah, so um, Holly, of course, doesn't know any of this, but don't worry, Nada is frantically trying to tell her, which as we've discussed in every <laughs> horror movie, when you're too worked up and you try to explain what's with what the horrifying that's happening, people will be like, okay, well, you, you seem like maybe you're you're just making this up or you're having some sort of yeah. you know, episode. And he says, we're being controlled by beings. The glasses are the only way to see them. And Holly says, I absolutely believe you. Just do not hurt me. And he says, he's yelling yeah. at her. He's like, okay, you're fighting the forces of evil. If you make me put on the glasses, I'll put them on, and then we'll do whatever, and I'll just say, whatever you want me to say, I'll say. And so he kind of gives up, Mm -hmm. and he he, he was going to hand her the sunglasses, but he's like, oh, what's the point? Also, there are no aliens in her home, so it wouldn't matter. You know what I mean? Right. You don't need them in there,
2: necessarily. Yeah.
1: And so they sort of sit in awkward silence, and he's had a long day of kicking ass, and he didn't even have any bubblegum. He apologizes for carjacking her and for evading her home and then sort of starts to ask her about her life. And he's like, well, I'm an assistant program director at Cable 54, the local news cable, the new channel. And he's like, oh, my God, the one that keeps getting hacked. And he runs over and oh. it's like, uh, like he's trying to like, oh, my God, like you work there, like this has been going on. And in that moment when he runs over to the TV, Holly smashes him in the back of the head with a liquor bottle Basically to, like, get him, like, to escape. And yeah. the force of it drives him forward and through her gigantic picture window. And because oh. she's, like, she's, and she does well for herself, she's on a hill in Los Angeles. Oh my so God. not only does he fly out the window, he flies down the hill and then tumbles. But Allison, his sunglasses landed in Holly's apartment. And she has already called oh. the cops, being like, this guy fucking carjacked me. Oh, so we no. cannot go back for them.
2: But not all of the cops are aliens.
1: Not all of the cops are aliens, but Allison, I'm sorry to say this, all the cops are cops. Well, right, 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 Yes.
2: But not all the cops would know what those sunglasses necessarily. No,
1: no. So yeah, I think the, the key— he, But a lot of them probably. Exactly, yeah. I think yeah. we're to think that not—they wouldn't necessarily have that information, but he, regardless, he feels like he can't go back because he'll just be arrested for carjacking Holly, which he did do. Yes. Of course, this is he's doing horribly. He limps away, he hides in a tunnel, and he's all broken up from the glass. And he's sort of limping over a bridge into the city. And he finally he was like, I need to go see my friend. This is a movie about friendship, Allison. And he goes to find Frank. And he's like, Oh my God, everyone fucking heard what you did at the bank. What, how many people <laughs> did you kill? We can't go back here. Do not talk to me. And Nada and says, They're not people. Frank's like, I cannot tell you how many times I have a wife and children, dude. I can't yeah. get fucking involved I with this. I can't do this.
2: Like, I can't do this. Yeah,
1: and Nada runs back. And he's like, oh, I'll prove it to you. He runs back to the alley where the box with the rest of the glasses. Allison, I am going to fucking tell you. It's literally the back no. of a garbage truck 20 feet away. Of course. About to be sm- crushed into, in the words of Bossup, smithereens. Oh, and yeah. And we see Nada Big boss up worm. climb into the truck and he's frantically, and he finds one in, uh, intact pair. Wow. Before the garbage truck sort of dumps everything out and then drives away, which I don't think they would do, but again, it's L.A., baby. Uh,
2: Yeah, I don't know how garbage is handled in any city at this point. Frank is a good person, and so he finds Nada, who's like literally playing in a pile of
1: garbage holding a spare sunglasses, and he gives him a a week's worth of money in cash and says, you need to leave town. Here's this money. I, You know, out of my friendship. And Nada's like, please, I'm begging you, just try on the sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And... And he's screaming at him, and Frank just ends up punching him in the fucking face. Like, do not scream at me and tell me to do this. You are insane. Allison, yeah, I get that. they proceed to have the longest, slowest, most decadent fist fight you're ever going to see in a
2: movie. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say
1: kids. I wish, I um, believe me, you know that's why I wanted this to end.
2: Obviously. And they're just
1: creeping each other, but they're also, like, in a way that it feels realistic, which
2: they keep taking breaks to catch their breath. <laughs> I do I do feel like a lot of fighting in movies is not quite accurate. Yes. When when everything else in the movie feels like it's very accurate sometimes. Like and then it's just like, oh, suddenly you're both like incredible athletes. Right, exactly. You're both John Wick,
1: <laughs> even though it's like you were just guys who work at a construction site. Like there's there's no reason. So this is like heavy I punches. pick up a box
2: and I'm like, "Well, that's it for the day." And again,
1: like you are not having a wrestler in this movie without a fucking f-
2: fall no, down fight
1: physicality. The scene is 5 minutes and 20 seconds long. That's so long. And allegedly, again based on uh Wikipedia, they um st- sort of like they staged parts of it, which is what they do with wrestling. It's like they stage like the, they they plan out the face shots and the groin shots so nobody gets hurt. But then the rest is just them fucking riffing. Which is incredible, and it's so good. They're yes-anding each That's other great. in the fight. Are both of them wrestlers? He did. He has narrated, uh, Keith David has narrated several WWE documentaries, um, but he I don't believe he has fought as a wrestler. Um, but he has the voice for it. He has that beautiful, mm, silky mm-hmm, voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just kicking each other's ass, Slowly, kind of lovingly. Finally, Nada collapses on the ground. He cannot fight anymore. And Frank puts the sunglasses on his chest and says, Fuck you. And he sort of leans against the wall. Allison, you think the fight's over? They start fighting again. It is a ballet. Keep fighting. It is a ballet ballet of masculinity, of, of masculine friendships where they just are slowly punching each other in the lower back. It's so fucking good. Finally, not is able to force the glasses onto Frank's face, and force his head to look into the street. They immediately see two aliens, who then Obviously. see them and see uh, Frank's reaction, and then they immediately call it it on their wristwatches. It's like we well, should have told him about the wrist like. You didn't even give him some information.
2: Don't be obvious, because they're immediately going to, like, figure us out. So Frank is— But it's like, how do you even, like, tell somebody, like, hey, just a heads up, you're going to put these sunglasses on, and suddenly some of the people in town are going to be aliens, and you're going to see a bunch of weird messages in black and white. So just, like, be chill about that. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Meanwhile, overhead, a flying saucer hovers. tells You're not the first son of a bitch to wake up out of their dream. Allison, I gotta (gasps) ask— Who will survive?
0: Who will survive?
1: So, who are we working with? Okay, we have uh, Nada, we have Frank, we have Holly. I think that's that's I, those are and our people. I'm, I'm main assuming concern. there is a
2: body count of of characters that we don't really know that are that is coming. Yeah, um, some aliens and such. Absolutely. I'm gonna guess. That Frank dies, but Holly and Nada are alive at the end. Okay. And that maybe Frank isn't who he seems.
1: Ooh, okay. I like that. Yeah. The, just a guess. I don't know. Well, just a
2: guess. <laughs> I, I agree, because it is
1: establishing him as the one
2: trusted friend. hmm And, like, he just, like, the continual, like, I'm a family, man. I have a family. Uh-huh. They're in Detroit. Like, it's like, okay, well, prove
0: it.
1: Nada tells Frank, life's a bitch and she's back in heat. A <laughs> mantra if I ever heard one. <laughs> um, and the best part is like now that they know, it's like, so then what do we do? What they do, Allison, and that's why I was like, oh, I this. there is some element of it where you wanting them to kiss There is there, a little bit of that, they end up holding up at a seedy motel and I love that they both, they roll nice. up covered in blood from kicking each other's ass, both wearing sunglasses and Frank says, we'd like a room and the guy's <laughs> like, I bet you would. You've been working up an appetite, it looks like, gentlemen. And they get inside, they take off their sunglasses, and not a joke's eight love grand. And in my remake of this film, this is where they would make love, and it would be five minutes and 20 seconds to balance yes. out the fighting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he warns Frank, you know, like, don't wear the glasses for too long. It starts to feel like there's a knife turning in your skull. Like, you, you, you feel horrible. And Frank starts asking the relevant questions, like, where are they from? What are they? How, what, like, what are we talking about? Are these about? like,
2: from Sunglass Hut? Like, where
1: did you get these? And then he's asking that of the aliens. How long have they been here? Like, what What? Right. are they human? Like, I don't understand. And now it says, I'll tell you what, they're not from Cleveland. And they kind oh. of, like, yell at each other. And he says, we can't be the only people who have seen them. It's like, yeah, obviously everyone at the fucking church knows about that. Are those people even alive? Right. Where are they? They scattered us from each other intentionally so we can't talk about this kind of thing. And Nada has – night falls and they, they, you know, they're talking and Nada talks about his father turned mean when he started to grow up and he started tearing him down. And at one point he held a razor up to Nada's throat and that's why he had to leave. That's why he became a drifter is mm-hmm. because of horrific abuse from his father – Mm. And Frank says, is there something that, like, maybe that's what they're doing. You know, maybe they're here. They've always been here, and they're here specifically because they enjoy watching us. They want to watch us have a a blade to our throat, you know? Mm -hmm. And Nada says, well, then there's going to be hell to pay, because I ain't daddy's little boy anymore. (laughs) I fucking love this (laughs) movie. This writing is so good. Um, So the next day, Frank goes out for groceries, and on his way back in, he's accosted by Gilbert from the church. So at least we know Gilbert is still alive. And, he's, okay. and he says, there's going to be a meeting. The world needs a fucking wake-up call. We know that you have the sunglasses, and let's fucking do this. Essentially, they are planning an, if you will, an insurrection or an uprising. They arrive at the meeting house that night, and it's, you know, all the revolutionaries are there. And they're greeted by the woman who tells them, oh, actually, you could take the sunglasses off. We're all human in here. And look what we've got, a technological upgrade, Allison. They have contact lenses. And I was like, is it just like, there's something like about that where it's,
2: mm. it's just like, ah, will just be easier. And they don't have the glasses on for the shoots, these shots. Right. It's like how many, you know, wardrobe's going to have to get so many pairs of sunglasses to make this movie work. Um. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: We see the hackers broadcast. And of course, you know, Gilbert sort of gives over the lay of land. Some of the cops are human. And like most people, they immediately sell out, you know, to the aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, our, their bank accounts get bigger. They start buying new houses. Um, And then the hacker tells us that climate change not only is real, but it's intentional to acclimatize the planet for the aliens. They would prefer a warmer Earth. Mm. Okay. And Frank says, but, like, why are they here to begin with? Like, what is the plan? And Gilbert says, oh, it's just free enterprise. The Earth is there. It's like this is a developing Mm. planet. Mm -hmm. We are their third world to exploit. The aliens are colonizers. Yes. Right? And then when they're done, they'll deplete the planet and move on. Again, making, literalizing everything. Yeah, yes. So we very, understand what the fuck we're talking clear. about. Yeah. <laughs> and Gilbert brings everyone, there's a huge table of guns, and another revolutionary gives them um, a wristwatch that could, that that's how they'll be able to tune into the alien signal. But they, sure, they aren't sure how to, like, instantly teleport. They haven't figured that part out. But <sighs> well, all these, I wish I could teleport. All these, oh, I know. All these revolutionaries are ready to go fully ham on the aliens, but Gilbert's like we only have a couple dozen people. Like we, it, they will kill us. Like we, we need more people. And by the way, there should be everyone should have come to the meeting. Which I also think is, like a lot of like organizing. It's like could people just come to the meeting? Okay, I'm out here yeah. organizing the alien uprising uh, the uprising against the aliens. People could at least show up to the fucking meeting.
2: It's so crazy to think about organizing meetings like large meetings of important uh, information pre phones. <laughs>
1: Like, I know. I suppose it's, it, like, it's, like, it's, I guess everyone just lived more locally. And, we yeah, I mean, they didn't live online in the way we do. But then yeah, that's true. online, I mean, like, the Internet is also how people organize now. Yes. You know, in, the, right. in, the, in, the, in that way. Um, but basically their plan is they are going to find the source of the signal. They don't know where it's broadcasting from, but they know it's from a single geographic location in L.A. Mm-hmm. And once that signal is shut off, humans will be able to perceive the aliens. It is, the, is okay. the constant... That's why okay. you get a headache when you have the sunglasses on because it oh, basically you're disrupting uh, the signal you're, Yeah. They say, is it from one of the te- television stations? And Nada hears a woman saying, it's not from mine. We turn around, it's Holly. She's already part of the revolution. And Nada immediately falls in love with her. Okay, great. And that's what we all should be doing is falling in love during the revolution, okay? Yes, yes. It'll take the edge off. It really will. Holly says, I thought I killed you. And Nada says... I thought you did too. And she starts to apologize. And then um, the wall fucking explodes in. It's the fucking cops. There's a raid. They're just shooting into the building. Gilbert is shot. The family man is slaughtered. Holly barely makes it out along with Frank and Nada. It is a firefight between the revolutionaries and the cops. And in the melee, Holly gets separated, but Nada is desperate to find her. Mm-hmm. And Frank's like, just stay put. And he starts to figure out how to get the re- wristwatch working as they're hiding in an alley. Mm-hmm. And while he's futzing with it, finally it opens a portal, which sort of looks like a glowing purple manhole in the ground. Nice. And this is like when Wiley Wiley Coyote paints like a, oh, sorry. Yeah, he like paints road a tunnel. When Roadrunner paints. Well, I think the Wiley Coyote paints and then the Roadrunner can go
2: through it. Right, but then he he ends cannot the side of the mountain.
1: And this yeah. is a wily e. coyote situation. Allison, would you jump into the portal, the alien portal to ports
2: to parts unknown? Would you do it? How close is the gunfire to me? <laughs> Pretty Gosh darn close! <laughs> like I feel like that's the motivating factor for me. Not like ooh a portal, but like I don't know. I'm about to get shot. You may as well give it a whirl. Yeah. So I'd probably. I don't know. I, th- I wouldn't be the first one to jump in, but <laughs> if somebody else did, I probably
1: would. I would realistically hesitate and then just be shot, and my body would
2: fall through. And of course. So yes. I would have wasted the opportunity. Yes, I'd be a corpse floating through uh, several planes of existence. So they leap into the portal, and they
1: drop into the hallway of an underground uh, bunker, which is part of an underground headquarters for the aliens. So we see them sneaking okay. through the tunnels, and we- there's all these guards everywhere. And it's Frank, uh, Holly, and Nada? It is Frank and Nada. Okay. We have been separated from Holly at this point. Oh, no. they, and we see the guards, and we also see the alien language, like written, you know, sort of on various parts of the, the bunker. Luckily, they're still speaking English, which, sure. Sure. Allison, they, uh, the guards are celebrating wiping out the revolutionaries, who they, of course, call terrorists. They okay. follow the sounds of applause, and they walk into a beautiful, gigantic room. It's a beautiful gala. And the man welcomes us and says, welcome the human power elite. So it's not just for aliens, because there are aliens there. It is also for the humans who capitulated and are benefiting from being in allegiance Mm -hmm. with the aliens. Good. And the speaker promises by 2025 we'll have total control of the planet. Oh, no. It's so soon. And everyone's clapping. (laughs) And someone claps Nada on the back, and it's the drifter from the camp who is all cleaned up. And he's like, "Oh, okay. I didn't know that you guys have been recruited too. Isn't this awesome? All we have to do is oh. work with the fucking aliens. I knew we had something in common. Do you want a tour of the place?" And he takes them, and there's this incredible walks in the hallway and says, "Look, and basically this is like our the port, I guess. Okay, and it is it is a what looks like a matte painting of space." And then people step into sort of a Star Trek teleporter with their luggage. Mm. So they literally have suitcases getting into it. <laughs>
2: Having a suitcase is so
1: funny. And then they are beamed into space. Then Allison, he takes them to the signal room where the signal is being pumped out. It is cable 54 news where Holly works.
3: <gasps>
1: it is through the news channel. And Nada's like, whoa, I'm so glad that we're working with the aliens now. Anyways, can we go inside? I've actually never seen a TV studio. And the guard's like, come on. We're not going to let anyone in there. Do you have auth- your authorization cards? And he and Frank says, yeah, they're right here. And they just fucking start blowing the guards away. Yes. Just absolutely yes. just firing at all these aliens. Um, and the, the, the drifter's like, please don't hurt me. The signal is coming from the roof. And then he monologues. He's like, look, there's no countries anymore. There's no good guys. They run everything. Like, we could have it really good if we just helped them.
0: What's the threat? We all sell out every day. Might as well
1: be on the winning team. Um, and just as a guard runs in, the drifter teleports his way away with his wristwatch.
2: Okay. So like humans can use the wristwatch. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Alice. Oh, sorry. I
1: literally wrote Allison instead of Nada. Nada and Frank gain access to the studio. They of course start firing. Meanwhile, Nada is still trying to find Holly. Like he's like, I, I basically like in the melee, I, I don't know where she is, you know? Mm-hmm. And But if she works here, then it makes sense that she would be here. So they're rounding in mm-hmm. the corner. They're asking the terrified staff members how to get to the roof. And Nada's like, "Also, have you seen Holly? She's the associate producer. Is she down here, maybe? But they're confronted again by armed guards having to mow them all down. And then finally they find Holly just standing in a hallway. It's like, okay, well, it was convenient. Thank yeah. God you're here. We found you. And they grab her and they run up the last flight of stairs. And Nada runs up in front of them to the roof. Allison, Holly pulls a handgun out of her pocket and shoots Frank in the back of the head. <gasps> Nada runs She's over. not a revolutionary. No, she was a, a mole. She was a plant. And Nada runs over to shoot the satellite desk, which again, like that, I guess that is what I would do. I don't know how you dismantle a satellite signal. No, so I'm I would just... just
2: start firing at the most high-tech stuff I can find near me. And he shouts, he's like,
1: Holly, Frank, I found it. And Holly, she, he hears, of course, a gun cock behind him. And she says, don't interfere. You can't win. And Nada drops his gun right as a helicopter, throws its spotlight at them and says, you know, put down your weapon. You have 10 seconds. Holly says, come inside with me. Just come inside. I, You'll be a part of it with me. It's already happening. It's too late. And then he pulls a second gun. I'm oh, sorry, Nada pulls a second gun out of his sleeve and says, "In the what I would say is the film's second most iconic line, fuck it. And just <laughs> starts shooting the satellite dish. Fortunately, it's short circuits. <gasps> Unfortunately, Allison, they do immediately gun him down. Oh, no. The signal goes down all across the world, and everyone can see the aliens for who they are. And there's a phenomenal two little scenes at the end. There's a bar where all the human patrons turn to see an alien sitting in their midst. As alien versions of Siskel and Ebert, Siskel and Ebert chide from the screen, there's too much sex and violence in movies. Filmmakers ah. like George Romero and John Carpenter have to show some restraint. And then, because we hadn't seen any titties, we hadn't Got had it. enough sex, any sex in this movie, Got to the see last shot, shot is a woman on top fucking some guy, and she looks down in horror and sees that he's an alien, and he says, what's wrong, baby? They live.
2: Does she kill him, or do we just see, like, that, and then we go out?
1: You know, I I don't know. I, I think... Probably she just jumps off and runs out if I had to guess, yeah, but I think we're to think at least the, the humans will now be enabled to have to do an uprising, yes, hopefully, or will we just yeah. be like, okay well, I guess this is already happening, which is kind of more of our
2: and the speed. understanding is that this was happening globally yes
1: yeah, so this happened this is happening everywhere. um Allison, what are some fatal mistakes you think some people may have made in uh they live?
0: stakes.
2: I mean, I will say that a lot of the humans were doing their best to kind of fight the alien forces that they know were I I guess I would have been less secretive with the rest of um Justice City, Justice yeah, Justiceville. Justiceville. Um Justiceburg. Um mm-hmm. like I think like I wish it wasn't a secret because I think if yeah. more people there had known, and especially like these people had the sunglasses, like they could have made sure everybody was human and also like seemingly everybody at that area would be human because of the yeah. power structure that exists. So, like, I don't know. I feel like more people, more awareness could have been a better, you know, they could have saved the glasses, they could have like up, like, I feel like that would have been helpful. Beyond that I think everybody was doing a good job. I would say trusting Holly. Yeah. At like without double checking. Like I don't think I would like trust anyone without like double checking with the glasses that they're not. But wait, she did. She oh, wasn't she, was a, she was a human. Yeah, she was a human um collaborator. So
1: he okay, wouldn't so have been able to tell. There's kind
2: of no way to know that she was going to.
1: Yeah, really the only mistake and and this is a huge mistake and we ask you not to make it is don't put um
2: any precious item in the garbage to hide it. Yeah, don't do it. That would it. be the, the big. And keep an eye on what's going on behind you if you're sneaking around, so you don't trip over a flower pot and give up your uh, blow up your spot. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I mean, other than that, I mean, I think everyone did the best they could. And the, uh, to the rev- revolutionaries' point, it it worked. They were able to do it. Unfortunately, they all died in the in the process, but it did enable a new era of of. Reality and understanding to sweep mm-hmm. the globe. Um, so, I mean, it, you know, I, I think that's, you know, it's a positive ending, at least. I think so. Um, you know, if you're going to be, yeah, if you're going to be gunned down by aliens, you can at least feel good going out, you know?
2: Yeah, do the, did the most. And then so finally,
1: you could. Where, where would you rate the film on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky
0: scale.
2: Now again the spooky scale being a measurement purely of spooky scaries and not of enjoyment and fun and quality of the film I do think like the destruction of the 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 encampment. sheds and te- the encampment um uh, that's the word I was looking for the destruction of the encampment definitely seems just like that's horrific and like also like doubly horrific knowing you know how our culture and specifically LA treats um where on people are living um, and what they do, so like that's just scary because it's horrific. I you know, the aliens are in the trailer, so I saw it. they weren't like super frightening um, as beings. I would say that this, like from a spooky, scary standpoint, is a four. Okay, great. But from an enjoyment, I mean, just like very fun. love a one-to-one, very clear allegory.: Yeah, so, that's fun. And so like enjoyment a 10.
1: Um, I would say I'm going to give it a four as well. That those elements are are deeply fucked up and shot in a way to be so like it is yeah. scary and awful and overwhelming. Um, it, I think fundamentally this is not going to be his scariest film, you know, mm-hmm. by by any right. stretch of the imagination. And look, he does he's he does action so well he could do it all. Yeah. Um, you know the writing the writing was incredible. And yeah, like you hire a wrestler, you're going to play to his strengths. And this yes. was done in, in, impeccably as far as I'm concerned, but I'll say four, I'll say four. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much everyone for listening. Uh, we yes. hope that you enjoyed yourself and, yes. um, keep an eye out for aliens, keep an eye out for aliens. And, um, yeah. uh, if you enjoyed this, please let us know. If you didn't, yes. I mean, let us know if you want. I just, we're still going to do guess. it. We're, I mean, like, yeah, what we're going to keep doing it. We're already doing it. Like, what are you doing? Right. You know, right? what are you, this what is do you happening. Want from us? The wheels are in motion. Um, but yeah, until we talk to you next time, and you could talk back to us. We can't hear you, but that's fine. I think, um, please until then, keep, keep it, spooky. it spooky. Ruined is a radio Point and Crooked Media production, where your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Alison Leiby, the show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Serena Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producers: Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Siegelin, Julia Beach, Caroline Dunphy, and Ewa Okaladi. Follow at Ruin Podcast on Instagram and Twitter for show updates, and at The Radio Point and at Crooked Media for more original content.